Hello and welcome to Date Night at the Movies. Or How I Spent My Babysitter Money. I'm Jess. I'm Jordan. And this week we present... Avengers Pre-Game. We have decided that we had to wait past opening weekend to see this movie because we didn't get the pre-sale tickets. So we're going to make you wait a little while longer before we give you our episode on Avengers Endgame. Also, if you're working people like us, not everyone can see it as soon as it comes out. Right. No, we tried on a whim on like... Saturday, just being like, let's see if we can get find any tickets for it. Like we were even willing to go at like ten o'clock at night. There was nothing. Absolutely. If there nothing. were open tickets, they were like I would have been sitting in the very front and Jess would have been sitting like on the opposite side of the theater, but just one row behind me. Or we would have been taking the handicap seats, which I don't think a superhero movie is worth doing. No. I agreed. So we ended up finding tickets. It was one of the very first showings today. It's Monday. Uh, We also wanted to go ahead and see it, A, because we want to get this episode out, B, because we wanted to see the movie, and C, some guy on the Atlanta Film Community page decided to post spoilers of this movie uh, and got banned for it. So kudos to the moderators of the Atlanta Film Community page for banning that guy. I know. Um, So as you may have noticed in the opening of this episode we said pre-game pre-game because we're gonna pre-game all the way from iron man to infinity war that's right we're gonna do it super fast though because like we all have jobs (laughs) we all have things to do (laughs) um but there's something to be said about 20 movies having some sort of through line yeah to lead to endgame what Marvel has done really, I mean, A, it's unprecedented in the history of cinema. Right. Like, superhero movies are so ubiquitous now that it's, like, they they get kind of a bad rap, but I don't understand from who because we all go see them anyway. Well, um, precisely. Yeah, but, like, A, they're enjoyable movies. You should be able to go see enjoyable movies for the sake of just seeing them. B, I like the fact that they actually teach younger generations, like, positive lessons. Yeah. Uh... And C, sometimes the zeitgeist is there for a reason. You well, know? there's something to be said, too, that in the past decade, being a nerd is cool. Yeah. People aren't getting beat up for reading comic books anymore. Right. I mean, comic books are flooding yeah. um, with success. And having um, this um, this year is my 10th year as, um, as a stunt woman. Mm-hmm. But I've been a professional entertainer for... 15 mm-hmm. years and in that time the nerd world has done me some good oh yeah um i performed at the very first geeky awards mm-hmm. um and played black widow when stan lee was actually producing it too right yes yeah um i met stan lee he thought i was just another goober um <laughs> but it was an amazing job and it was an amazing opportunity and the geek world is now cool. And you, I mean, the fact too that in Spider Verse, the hero was a geek. Yeah. So there's just a lot to be said, and it's really exciting. So let's get our normal homework done. Our drink of the podcast, 
for this episode is water because you need to hydrate, but you also need to be super careful because for Endgame, I spent three hours without going to the bathroom and that was tricky business and it meant not drinking a whole lot this morning. It's (laughs) an amazing feat that Jessica set through Endgame all the way through because normally in an hour and a half long movie, I have to tell her what happens halfway through, you know? I'm sorry. It's just how I am. Hey, but you you made it through like a champ today. I did. I, there was a point where I started to kind of sweat because mm-hmm. I was like, I feel the need, the need to pee. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was okay. Um, but I highly recommend, um, if you're listening to this, to get ready for Endgame or uh, hopefully you're listening to this on the way to Endgame, uh, just make sure to... Just rid yourself of all toxins because this is a long one, y'all. Yeah. A long one. Yeah. So, um, yeah, let's talk about the Marvel movies. Like I said, it's unprecedented in the history of cinema what they've done. Yes. Uh, We are joined by a dog of the podcast, Charlie. Charlie. As usual, Charlie's going to get bored really fast because I'm not going to let him out right now. No, he wants to, though. Yeah. Um, Um, But, yeah, it's amazing what they've accomplished. Yes. And the fact that they laid out, I mean... One thing I don't like about the Marvel movies is how you always know what movies are coming the next time and the next time and the next time because it does take away from some surprise, which we will talk about when we get to <coughs> Age of Ultron. <coughs> uh, right. And well, I mean, and even with um, this being on the, you know, the eve of, End- of Endgame, we already know what's already in production. Yeah. And it really gives away a lot of surprise and knowing that the next spider-man comes out um if you're listening to this in real time in six weeks Mm -hmm. and i don't like knowing that right but what i will say as a positive note on that is that the fact that they laid out so much track and from what i understand it's pretty close to the plan that they laid out once they realized that they were going to go like because they've been they've been setting planting seeds for the infinity saga Uh, for a few years now. And from what I understand, they pretty much set out, accomplished what they set out to accomplish. Right. Which is super impressive from a business perspective, from a storytelling perspective. The business perspective alone. Yeah, from a filmmaking perspective. Yes. Like, say what you want about the ubiquity of superhero movies. It really is a Herculean feat that they pulled this off. And they pulled it off so because we're going to give you the our feelings on uh, <laughs> Endgame later on. Yes. Um, so I actually want to start where we end with Infinity War. Yes. So let's start with Infinity War, um, mainly because if you've listened to this podcast for any amount of time, you might be a little aware that I don't love Infinity War. Mm-hmm. I have to keep Jess on track many times at the mere mention of Infinity War. And... In my defense... I'm not saying you're wrong in feeling the way you feel. Well, no, of course I'm not. But I'm saying, in my defense, Infinity War greatly depended on Endgame. Yeah. Like, this, it could have end, but I will say, so I will not let Endgame color any of my feelings. The reason I I felt manipulated in, in Infinity War, and I... I just felt super duper manipulated and I didn't, I, and this is again, I'm saying this without this being colored by Endgame. There was tremendous loss in Infinity War Mm -hmm. and it really broke my heart in the moment. Mm -hmm. And then I had a day to think 
And then I got mad because the reason I feel manipulated is I know all of these other movies are being made and I just felt like there was no, there was no cost. There was no cost. And at the end of this, we still had the Avengers. The Avengers were left at the end of Infinity War. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, at what cost? To me, there was no cost. Mm -hmm. And... It gr- and I just and I said it I've, I've said it all along. It all depends on Endgame because I didn't buy it. I didn't buy the inherent terror, you know. And also, when Infinity War uh, came out, they were still shooting um, Black Panther two, uh, partly in Atlanta. And I so I was like, I know who's working on it right now, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. So I just I felt cheated as an audience, and I could because I wanted to mourn. But I knew I knew that I didn't have to. Mm-hmm. I can I can see that, um, and I felt I felt the same way without it making me as angry as it made you. Um, I was still able to enjoy it in the moment and hold on to the feeling that I had in the moment. Yeah, mine just completely like bottomed well, out. To be fair, I was working really hard at just staying a moviegoer while holding on to that moment. Totally fair. Um, and I knew that I had to work hard at that. Otherwise, I would my producer hat would come on and I'd start thinking about the wider world. Um, I still think Infinity War works works pretty well. Um, there's and, there are certain aspects of it that you don't find as appealing that I, I don't have a problem with. For example, uh, for example, the sacrifice of Gamora doesn't get me the way that it gets That's you. That's a bunch of bull roar. We should. This is why I wasn't sure about starting off with Infinity War. Well, because I don't. I don't want people to think that this is just going to be a Marvel bashing episode. It's not a Marvel bashing. I'm giving them what they want. Um, The reason I just don't buy that Thanos. I mean, and they built it. They built it up within the rules of Infinity War Mm -hmm. that Thanos loved Gamora. But if you take any of the Guardians into effect or anything. He doesn't. Here's where I will play a counterpoint to you. Copy. Okay, so first of all, we we rewatched Infinity War the other night before we went and saw this because we were like, we have to catch up. Yeah, and Um, we've not seen that movie since the theaters. Yeah. Uh, And what I said was maybe Thanos doesn't have the capacity to love in the way that, like, we would think of it, but Gamora was the closest thing to it. And I back that up with, in the first Guardians, they stress super, super, super hard that Gamora was his favorite daughter and Nebula was the was the forgotten one. Well, that's fair, because poor Nebula. Yeah. So, with that, I say, you know, maybe not within the realm of, like, what we would think about with our dogs, for example. We love our dogs. Love them. Hashtag dog into podcast. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, but... As far as Thanos is, has the ability to love another person, I think that would have been Gamora. I think I think of it kind of. I mean, like, I can buy that. Yes, kind of like the end of the television show Six Feet Under. Spoilers for a show that went off the air 14 years ago. Uh, on <laughs> Which pay, you should on on pay TV. <laughs> yes, you should totally watch it though. If you have HBO Go or HBO Now. Yeah, we're we're rewatching it. It's great. Uh, it's great. But whenever 
whenever the matriarch of the family is talking to Brenda after Nate dies, and she tells her, I think Nate loved you as much as he could love anybody. Yeah. And that's kind of how I view Thanos and Gamora. I'm definitely not gonna. I'm definitely not gonna look you in the face and tell you you're wrong. Mm-hmm. But I just kind of am like, hmm. Well, TBD. Yeah, and honestly, I think the whole slight, slight. Well, no, I'm not gonna say this because it is going to be a spoiler for Endgame. No, nothing about Endgame. Yeah. Um. So, but yeah, I I think Infinity War is good. I was able to still hold on to the feeling that I had in the theater. And I think that's why it stayed with me a little more. But again, to your point, I had to make myself work very, very hard to hold on to that point. Yeah, because I actually half expected in that moment him to toss her off and nothing to happen. Mm-hmm. And I was going to be like, ha, 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 ha. That, that would have been a great twist. I know. Mm-hmm. I there's not There's a reason I write. So... That being said, that's why I was just like, whenever he ended up in like the pond, you know, mm-hmm. the pond of magic. Um, for the record, I don't know any of the names of any of this stuff. So you're going to hear a lot of baloney and wakukus from my face because I don't know. Um, because I'm, I'm not, a, I am an, I'm a total nerd, but like a calculus nerd. Yeah. I'm not a very good geek in the world of comics. So bear with me. That's why we have Jordan. Uh. <laughs> All right, so let's kind of move on from this part. Shall of it. we start from the beginning? Yeah, do we want to go on ahead and rate Infinity War right now, or do we want to work our way up to it? Sure. Are we all go- are we going to rate all of them in gauntlets? No. Here's how we're going to rate all of them. I'm ready. We are going to rate all of them in little cartoon drawings of Stan Lee smirking. I love it. All right. So basically, Stan it. Lee heads. Stan Lee. Which, good lord. Yeah. Um, and that's something I said today as well. Whenever you see, like, you really take a moment. The next time you watch any of these Marvel movies, comic by Stan Lee. Yeah. There's this dude, one dude. Now, he had other dudes no, with him. I, I, it is very worth noting that Stan Lee didn't create everything in here and like right. Stan, Stan Lee wrote them Jack Kirby came up with the looks for most of them which is why people know superheroes and then there are a lot of other people if you stay through the credits they list this character created by this guy this right. character created by this guy so in our praise of Stan Lee we are in no way demeaning anybody else's creation no, no, no. But you because have to- art is a collaborative effort always no yeah not one person ever does anything mm-hmm. let's be real you know but Stan Lee, like, would all of, he's the reason this all got a platform. Mm-hmm. And that's mind-boggling. Yeah. That's mind-boggling. The fact that it's 50 years on down the road and it's, we've just now finished, like, this massive film undertaking that overall stands up pretty well. Yeah. Isn't that insane? Yeah, and all the crazy places that the comics have gone. Oh, yeah, which yeah. we can't even begin to deal with. I don't think I'd want to, even if we had the time. I don't have the time. I don't. That's insane. So we're doing it little Stanley faces. So what would you rate Infinity? So um, for those of you who may be joining us for the first time here on Pregame, here at Date Night the Movies, we rate out of five whatevers. Yeah, and I want it to be known that for those of you who are coming back and listening to us, just like whenever we did our uh, review of the most recent Halloween movie, these are all relative to each other uh, in the ratings. Like if I give something a five star 
a five Stan Lee review here uh, or rating, I'm not comparing it to Widows. No. Yeah. No, it's, it is rated upon itself only. This is not, and even as we rate movie to movie. Yeah, because we are, I don't think we actually said that's what we're doing, but uh, we are going to go through all of the Marvel movies and talk about, have we seen them? Do we remember them? Do we think we saw it? Do we think we missed it? What is, our, what is the rating we would give our memory? That type of thing. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. That's absolutely crazy. All right, so Infinity War. Uh, you go first. No, and, you go first. Okay, I will say... So should our rating of Infinity War be our original, our initial thoughts on it? Or should it be now that we've seen Endgame? Nope. Everything is clear of Endgame. Endgame is no, has no business in here yet. Okay. Then I'm going to give Infinity War, uh, I'll give it a three and a half. Okay. Um, I give it a three. All right. Um, I, that I should be surprising for all of our most frequent <laughs> listeners. <laughs> well, it's not a bad movie. I just felt cheated. Yeah. As a viewer. It did a lot of really good things and having recently rewatched it for something that had so many characters, so many worlds, so much going on, mm-hmm. all these worlds crisscrossing each other. And the fact that they had the gall to make the villain the main character. Right. Yeah. There was a lot of really excellent, exciting things about Infinity War, but in and of itself, if it had been the last movie, people would have flipped tables. Yeah. Lost their minds. The fact that, and it just, yeah. So I'm going to give it a three. Um, Mm -hmm. That's not to say that I have actively gone and rewatched this again. Yeah. As opposed to others that I've literally gone out of my way not to re-see. Yeah. So by no means... I would give it a three on its own viewing. It mm-hmm. has changed with Endgame. Right. And we'll, and we'll talk it. about it in the Endgame episode. Yes, yes. All right, so we're going to go through. We're going to start off. And by the way, this isn't including X-Men movies. It's not including Deadpool. It's not including any of the Fantastic Four right, this movies. This is just those leading up to... Marvel Cinematic Universe. Marvel Cinematic Universe. C-A- MCU. MCU. Yeah. So the, it starts with... Boy, that, my dyslexia is just shining for all to see. Just a little bit. Um, uh, starting with Iron Man. Because I have the list right here if you don't want to look for yes, it. Yes, I... So I also have a possible drink of the podcast for each one. Maybe. I'm working on it. All right. Okay. The first Iron Man with John Favreau at the helm, mm-hmm. which we have talked about many times, so we'll save everybody. But... I love Iron Man. Yeah. I felt like Iron Man rewrote the... I just... Iron Man was so cool. I liked Iron Man because it it was kind of like... I mean, and it, of course, it came out... I think it was in production around the same time as The Dark Knight, so it wasn't like it was super influenced by The Dark Knight, but it did what superhero movies in that era were trying to do, which is to take something outlandish and bombastic and ground it. So even though it's about, you know, two guys fighting each other in... Uh, in giant iron suits super suits yeah honey get me my (laughs) super suit it happens in the backdrop of the war on terror tony stark is kidnapped and held in a cave i Uh, i can't like the the origin story of iron man mm -hmm. is so insane yeah and it like it does it's kind of before everything got super sci-fi like in terms of like aliens and cosmic and right. stuff like that and it was sci-fi in terms of like what did, can this person's imagination and skill create right. which is what i really like about that it was t- and it was made it really realistic and scary yeah um 
Yeah, it was it was great, and it, there's something to be said. So you know, the movie ends with uh, Tony Stark saying, "I'm Iron Man" at the press conference. Yes, uh, that apparently was an ad lib because. Uh, no way. Yeah, because the script was barely written by the time they started. So there's so much improvisation. You can really tell it in the scene where, uh, where Jeff Bridges comes back before you find out he's the villain. And yeah. he, like they're talking about the future. And then he's like, no, 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 take a slice of pizza. Come on, I got it. It's from my favorite place in New York. Take it. Like it's That seems very like like theater improv type of thing. But it works because like for... I was disappointed when Jeff Bridges was the bad guy because, like, I thought they had real chemistry together, you know? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. let's, we'll try not to talk too much on every single yeah. one. I also just want to remind everyone Iron Man was Robert Downey Jr.'s savior. Yeah. And that's a really big deal. Um, I did find an Iron Man drink uh, two ounces grenadine, two ounces strambui, four ounces orange juice, two ounces scotch. And that's the Iron Man. All right. I will not be trying that. <laughs> uh, okay. So how many Stan Lees would you give the first Iron Man? I'd give it four and a half. I'd probably give it four and a half too. And I mean, John Favreau was the right person for that movie. Robert, Seeing Robert Downey Jr. go from this like cool bad boy to who we know is Tony Stark mm-hmm. is kind of incredible. Yeah. Okay, so let's go next. Uh, the Incredible Hulk, the one that starred Edward Norton before they got uh, Mark Ruffalo. I love that movie. <laughs> it's it's I fun. don't really remember it, but I remember loving Edward Norton. It is as good of a standalone Hulk movie as I think they could make. Yeah. Now, this is where the MCU gets a little fishy, because that movie kind of... It kind of acted without admitting it that it was a sequel to the Ang Lee Hulk that starred Eric Bana. Oh, heavens to Betsy. Yeah, like they didn't completely discount it, but they never made specific references to a lot of that. So technically the Ang Lee one could be considered part of the MCU, but not mm. really. Um it was it was fine. I'd probably give it I'd probably give it two and three quarters. Yeah. yeah. I think that's fair. And again, two and a half doesn't necessarily mean that it's a bad movie. It's just like anything under three, I would probably wouldn't willingly revisit. That's fair. Um, I, I th- that movie's fine. Yeah. Um, I've never considered it part of the Marvel universe. Mm-hmm. Are you, the Edward Norton one? Yeah. Well, because Robert Downey Jr. is in that movie it, as Tony Stark. Oh heavens! Yeah, that was a long time ago. This movie obviously doesn't get rewatched that much. Right. Um, here's um, Incredible Hulk um, drink: mm-hmm. ounce vodka, ounce coconut rum. Rum, half ounce Midori, half ounce blue curacao. This is something you would drink on a beach. Uh, club soda, Sprite, lemon juice, and lime juice. It's bright green. That's what it makes it. But it sounds like something if you were 21 and dr- learning how to drink, you'd drink. Yeah, shots. <laughs> shot, 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 yeah. shot. Okay. Uh, Incredible Hulk, based upon your memory. How many Stanleys? Um, I gave it the same as yours. Cool. Yeah. All right. Uh, next is Iron Man 2. That has, uh, obviously, Robert Downey Jr., but Mickey Rourke is the villain uh, with the electric whips and uh, Sam Rockwell. He was so good. Yeah, and Gary Shandling as the uh, senator. right. I I love Gary Shandling. I do, too. Yeah. That was a good movie, and that had the the skydiving. Nope, that was Iron Man 3. Was that 3? Yeah, we haven't Um, gotten there yet. Something that I do want to point out, um, so for those of you who've not who are joining us for the first time. So I'm a stunt woman and Jordan's a composer. Um, the Haberstad family has been part of the Marvel universe since the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Like 
a minute ago. Yeah. If probably before then, but that's how I, I know them. And, uh, Trevor Haberstad, who lost his life to cancer a couple years ago, was kind of the, one of the first Iron Men. Mm-hmm. Was the, some of the, and that, yeah, cause Jeff, his dad was the stunt coordinator on Iron Man, right? Um, I believe so. I, I, if I miss, mistook. If I misspoke, it's because I don't have the cast and crew right in front of me. But either way, but was yeah. Some, and it's still some of the lead riggers on some of, like they were the lead riggers on Ant-Man of the Wasp, Captain mm-hmm. Marvel. He was second unit director on Captain Marvel. So anyway, um, in these movies too, as far as like stunt history goes, it's a deep, deep, exciting and cool well. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to say that. Yeah. Um, so uh, Iron Man 2, I just remember how excited I was for it. Yeah. Um, and the battle on the ship is what I, like that end battle scene. Wasn't that on a ship or was that Iron Man 1? That, uh, I thought it was 2. That wasn't either. Uh, see, and we haven't rewatched Iron Man 2 in a while. In a while. But, but I do remember Mickey Rourke. Yeah. Very, very, fam- like, mm-hmm. I remember him being, I, I remember thinking that he was, like, crazy, like, insane. Yeah. Like, it was so insane. Well, that's John Favreau's, uh, he, he casts well, you know? He cast Robert Downey Jr. to basically play himself, and Mickey Rourke right. to basically play himself. That's so, touche. Um, now, th- that one kind of ended with uh, Iron Man and uh, Rhodey, who turns into War Machine, in kind of that greenhouse-looking area, oh, fighting all of the robot suits. That's right. Yeah. That was exciting. Yeah, it, it was pretty good. I would probably give that one... If I give Iron Man one four and a half, I'd probably give that one three and a quarter, three and a half. I would probably go three, three and a quarter for mm-hmm. that because it's not. If I think Iron Man, I think the first one. Yeah, all right, I'll go three and a quarter on that one. Uh, all right, so the first Thor, which was basically <sighs> Shakespeare in the Marvel universe, because it was Kenneth Branagh. I freaking love that movie. That one's really good. I freaking, I freaking. Mm-hmm. I'd give that one a solid. I'd give that one a solid four. I would too, and I thought, what Natalie Portman brings to roles, and if you you can loathe the first um, the the first three Star Wars, mm-hmm. but you can't deny that like Natalie Portman can pull like um like she she knows how to make a pearl. Yeah, if if Natalie Portman or Ewan McGregor ever or Liam Neeson ever looked bad in the original Star or in the prequel trilogy, it's not their fault. Oh heck no. Yeah. Oh, heck no. But there was something, there's something to be said about Kenneth Branagh doing a superhero movie. Yeah. And I, what I love, 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 love about the first Thor is that I remember like literally thinking I've never seen anything like this. Mm -hmm. Like just the fact there was a superhero on earth and there was all this risk and at that point, too, you really didn't know. That, like, when you get Thor, the first Thor, you don't know if there's going to be a second Thor. Right. And there was just a lot to lose. Yeah. And that's the thing. Leading up to the first Avengers, like, everything still felt really fresh, which I think is why these movies probably stick out with a lot more uh, fond memories than maybe some of the ones once we start getting in the middle of the movies, you know? Right. Um, but no, I really like that one. Uh, okay, Captain America, the we first... We have to rate? Did we rate I, I this? I rate. Yeah, we did. Uh, oh. I, gave it, uh, I gave it a four. Or maybe the, I, maybe we didn't rate we it, didn't but either way. It. You, you did now. Yes, I, I would give it four Stanleys. I could give it four Stanleys because I have actively gone back and rewatched the first Thor. Yeah, I, I always wonder why we don't have a copy of it. Oh, yeah. 
well, let's keep an eye out for any sales on uh, on iTunes. Okay. Um, okay, so Captain America, the first Avenger. Gosh, wasn't that good. It was really good. Gosh, wasn't that good. And that's, I mean, if nothing else, it gave us at least a couple seasons of uh, Agent Carter. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I remember, and Captain America, that origin story was when origin stories were still cool to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, man, it was good. Yeah. That's I, all. I, like the fact that it starts in World War II, there's a tweet if you uh, follow us on Twitter uh, at, at date underscore movies. Um, which we hate, but which somebody we hate. won't get rid of at DNATM. Yeah, get over yourself. Give it to us. I think it's just like a troll too. I don't think they have any tweets. <sighs> they're the worst. I know. But one of the person said, you know that when they're in Italy in Captain America and there's like a hundred mile walk from one location to another, isn't that a movie in and of itself? Mm-hmm. It's with Captain America and Bucky and they're just yeah. like in this march. And I was like, that's so true. Yeah, I really like that one. It felt like a really classic like adventure movie. And it was directed by Joe Johnston, who did one of my favorite like superhero adventure movies. Um, and maybe nostalgia clouds this a little bit, but I don't care. I'm going to fall on my sword for this one. The Rocketeer. Oh, I love the Rocketeer. I love the Rocketeer. There's a Rocketeer-themed bar in North Hollywood. Really? Yeah, we've been. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's the barrel. Yeah. It's a, it looks like a it, barrel. It has, the, it has the dog building in the very back. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, so the original Captain America, um, if I can go back for two seconds. Yeah. Um, we, there is an Iron Man drink. We already did one Iron Man drink. We did? Yeah. Not Iron Man. Sorry. Thor. All right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This I'm is sorry. the God of Thunder. Mm-hmm. Two ounces Legionberry vodka. Good luck finding that. Two ounces mead. Real quick, could you make Legionberry vodka by just buying like one of those little juice boxes of Legionberry juice from Ikea? I'm and sure mixing you could just vodka? do like straight vodka and top it with Legionberry. That's what I was thinking. No, it's not the same. Gotcha. Um, and two ounces Lillehammer, Lillehammer liqueur. Woo. Um, okay, so that being said, um, that's going to be fun. Anyway, drink some mead. Um, here's Captain America as a drink. Bud Light. Ew, you're fired. I know. Two ounces grenadine, two ounces creme de cacao, two ounces blue curacao. I feel like that would be weird. It would be weird, but uh, so far that's the first one that I'm like, yeah, I'd try that. Yeah, for the what it's worth, it's... I would not try any of these. <laughs> I feel like I would hate all of these. Well, Jessica's also a former bartender, uh, and she's tried all of, she sampled all of this stuff individually. So whenever she's, oh. whenever you hear her give like ew noises, that's because she's remembering flashbacks <laughs> of having to try all of this. Yes. Um, I was a fun bartender because I was super sober and I didn't mind giving you the crap that you wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, to rate uh, Captain America, I would give it a four and a half. I four, would, four and a half. I would probably give this one, Captain America, a uh, four and a quarter. Okay. Yeah. I loved it. Um, yeah. I just, it, again, this is the beginning of the all of this Marvel Universe as we know it. Man, wasn't it exciting. Yeah. I just, just thinking of the first time I saw Captain America, it was insane. It was so cool. Mm-hmm. Okay. Continuing on. All right. The next one is the first Avengers. Ooh. I, I'm going to be honest. I really like the first Avengers movie. Can you give us a quick, because, because so much, 
has happened. So, what happened in the first event? So that was the one, obviously, they brought everybody together. It was Mark Ruffalo for the first time as uh, the Hulk. That's right. Um, and it was Nick Fury finally bringing everybody together. And they were, uh, Loki had stolen the Tesseract, which we find out is uh, one of the Infinity Stones later on. That's right. Uh, and they're all trying to stop him. And he's bringing in the alien invasion in New York that destroys most of the city. So to 2012. Yeah. What we know is 2012 in, yeah. in the universe. Yeah. Yeah, and and that's, that's what right. sets forth, like really, that's where most of the through lines in the Marvel Cinematic Universe start. Is like that's ground zero for it. That's right, and um, there wasn't a whole lot of Tony Stark, if I remember. No, apparently, so that's the one. That's the first one that Joss Whedon did, right? Uh, which you know, I have mixed feelings on Joss Whedon in general. Yes, but the fi- the final scene where they're getting uh, kebabs, yeah, is. Well, and that's that's the thing. Joss brilliant. Whedon was on his A game throughout this movie. Correct. Um, where were we going with that? Uh, here's something I remember the most. My the reason that the first Avengers sticks out at all to me mm-hmm. is Black Widow mm-hmm. and the way we meet her. Yeah. Well, and Black Widow was first introduced in Iron Man too. But the way the way she's tied up in that big fight. Mm-hmm. In Avengers, yeah, that won the tourist oh, tourist award that year for best fight. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, it was well, it was well earned, you know. Yeah. Holy moly. Um. No, I really like this movie. Oh, oh yeah, I know where I was going. Okay. Uh, so you mentioned that it doesn't have as much Tony Stark. Well, yeah. Robert Downey Jr. at that point he was the face of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah. Uh, and he went to Joss Whedon. He's like, well, Tony's got to lead this thing. They're like, all right, let's try it. And they kind of worked through the story as it was laid out. And he was like, you know what? No, this is an ensemble movie. And Robert Downey Jr. pulled himself out for wanting to be in this movie as much as he initially wanted to, to try and give everybody else a time to shine. That's great. Um, no, I really like it. The scene where everybody's, where all the Avengers are like fighting each other and trying to control the Hulk while that helicarrier is going That's down. That's right. I remember that. Uh, but this movie also set forth... Uh, not only all the thread lines throughout the movies, but it also kind of started when Netflix was doing their Marvel uh, shows. Because like the, right. the backdrop of Daredevil was um, the Kingpin kind of taking over construction for rebuilding New York City. Yeah. Um, which uh, is just really a really cool little thread. So yeah. I, I like that one. Honestly, I'd give the first Avengers a four and a half. Yeah, I would give it like four, four and a quarter. Mm-hmm. Uh, the drink that I found for this um, is called The Widow's Bite. Mm-hmm. So it's based off of Black Widow. Um, this is two shots of espresso, two ounce vodka, two ounce Kahlua. It's, uh, the note says could also be referred to as a hot Russian. Mm-hmm. Um, it's served hot and toasty. That sounds delicious. I'll try that one. That sounds delicious. It's called the wi- the Widow's Bite. How that That's awesome. Yeah. Um, but to me, the reason that sticks out so much is because Black Widow was the cornerstone of the women in this universe, mm-hmm. she was so cool in that movie. Yeah. She was so cool. Yeah, no, and that started, like, because you first meet Black Widow in Iron Man 2 when she's pretending to be the secretary. That's right. And then she, you find out who she is, and in that in that movie, it's it really starts off where, like, the... The trend of, well, not the trend, but just the way that the Marvel Cinematic Universe treats women in this movie is that they're not damsels. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, even because even Pepper. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I and there's something to that line I really want to say about Endgame, but we're waiting. I think you probably know what I'm talking about too. It doesn't exist in this episode. I know. All right, so let's move on. It's like pushing the Thanos button on Google this week. 
Yes. If you ha- <laughs> if you guys haven't, uh, Google Thanos, and then you'll find a picture of the Infinity Gauntlet. Uh, click on it. It's pretty fun. Google Thanos, press enter, find the picture of the Infinity Gauntlet at the top uh, right, right of the corner. screen, and press it. Kind of fun. Yeah. Kind of fun. Kind of weird. Kind of fun. All right. Anyway, Iron Man 3. Oh, gosh. So this is the one where uh, where it has the Mandarin, played by Ben Kingsley. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then it also has Guy Pierce in it. Everything um, Ben Kingsley in is, yeah. is in is pretty great. And it's a Shane Black movie, so it takes place at Christmas, and there's a precocious child in there. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, at the end of that movie, I halfway expected Danny Glover to come out and just go like, Riggs! <laughs> <laughs> Um, or, or at least Rob McElhenney. I would have bought it. Yeah. Um, I would give this one probably like a three and a half, four. I'm going three and three quarters with this one. Okay. Um, I really liked it. And this is the one with the skydiving scene that the Haverstads did. So good. Yeah. That scene was just one of those that you were like, I like you felt in your soul that, well, again, that it was it was real. Again, Trevor, who unfortunately passed away to cancer a couple of years ago. Um, he, he and his dad, Jeff, basically took up and choreographed that whole skydiving scene. Trevor did a lot of the skydiving himself. Yeah. And I don't know if Shane was in that. So Shane is the other brother. Right. Um, and I can't remember if Shane was in it or not. But I do know that at age like 23, Trevor won a Taurus award for that. Yes. Yeah. And it was well-earned. It was, it's, that sequence also... That was real people skydiving, y'all. Yeah. Um, And that's something you have to say about these movies is Mm -hmm. at least, and and I've said it already, but like when you talk about like some stunt history, the stunt world really, really is how we know it since like the 1950s and 60s. It's Mm -hmm. been going on since movies have started, but... It's insanely cool. And that, that movie to me sticks is so insanely cool because that, that sequence alone exists. And the fact that, I mean, this is when they start bringing in some pretty high profile, you know, names and stakes and yeah, it's Um, pretty cool. Also the twist with the villains at the end with, uh, both Ben Kingsley and Guy Pierce. I thought they handled that pretty well too. What was the twist again? Uh, spoiler alert for Iron Man 3. And this is Spoiler City, y'all. Yeah. Uh, ben Kingsley was just an actor playing the Mandarin. That's and right. And Guy Pierce was the actual villain behind the scenes. That's right. And he comes out and he's just like this wussy cockney actor. I remember that. Yeah. That's hysterical. Which, it was great that they did that because in the comics, the Mandarin is basically Fu Manchu, which of course is very uh, offensive. <laughs> to say to the say least. To say the least, yeah. So uh, I'm glad they handled it that way, you know? Yeah. Um, okay, so Iron Man 3, we gave our ratings. Next is Thor The Dark World. Hot take on this one. This is probably my least favorite Marvel movie that I've seen. Yeah, I mean, I kind of, I love, I, what I remember most about this movie is seeing Asgard. Mm-hmm. Like to, you know, at this point in the genre, we've really been on Earth. Other than like Avengers, obviously, the outer space came to Earth. Right. Um, as uh, you know, I can't help. Anytime I think of that, I think of Will Smith and Independence Day. But um, this is the first time that we as an audience have gone to space. And mm-hmm. not just space. Asgard. Yeah. And, and like, Idris Elba's character gets, int- like... Yeah. Not introduced, but like we get to like we get to know Asgard. Yeah, there's a lot to like in this movie. I just think that the parts are better than the sum. 
it it might and also they kind of they kind of they wishy washed in the sense that it wasn't the Kenneth Branagh version. Yeah. It was like the fake version. Well, yeah, and like I they had Christopher Eccleston playing the villain, the dark elf. Yes. And I love Christopher Eccleston. Most people, you guys are gonna know him either from he was the first reboot of Doctor Who. And he was so good. Uh he was also the villain in Twenty Eight Days Later. Oh yeah. Um he's been in a lot I know him mostly as Doctor Who, so yeah, mm-hmm. he's he's awesome. But like he, he plays dark so well. But not in this movie. He, yeah. he was a bland villain in this movie. Yeah. Um, and I love, I, I want to say too, I love Chris Hemsworth as Thor. Oh, I agree. Love him. I love Stellan Skarsgård. Uh, I, I am, a, I've been a huge Natalie Portman fan since the first time I saw The Professional on USA when I was a kid. Yeah. You know? And Tom Hiddleston. Tom Hiddleston is so good. So good. But this movie did fall flat. Yeah. I would give this movie like a two and three quarters. That's what I was thinking as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, ooh, but we do have um, a God of Mischief drink. What's that? Do-do-do, the God of Mischief. Um, so, one ounce Blevold vodka, blue curacao, apple sours, lime juice, honey mead, and gold schlager. Ooh. Where are people getting mead, by the way? Mead? Yeah. So, mead, I, we have friends here in Atlanta that make it. Oh, yeah? And I have friends in LA that make it. Anybody you know at a Ren Fair makes mead. Okay. <laughs> mead, uh, for those of you who've maybe not, not had it, it's kind of like beer, but it is stronger and a little sweeter. It's really, it's a, it's, I like mead. We need to find some mead. Well, just say the word. <laughs> okay. Uh, the next one is, and I'm, we're trying to move through these as fast as possible. We wanted to try and keep this at a 30 minute episode. We tried. It, you know us at this point. <laughs> Just be thankful that we're not including this in the end game episode, like all in the same thing. That would be like a four hour long episode. No one would listen. Yeah. Um, the next one is Captain America Winter Soldier. Love. Love this one. Love. The fights um, in this are so good. The fights in this are great. Um, Robert Redford is so good in this movie. Yeah. And the fact that this movie, this is the first one that the Russo brothers did, who of course they did Civil War and then the, both the most recent Avengers movies. Uh, and like I've said many times on the podcast before, they got that because Kevin Feige liked their work on the paintball episodes of Community. Yeah. Um, but uh, I loved how I loved Bucky's story. Bucky's story was great. What I loved about this movie, though, is the fact that it felt like a 70s political thriller yeah. in a superhero movie. And th- that's the best thing that Marvel when Marvel is super successful. It's whenever they take like, OK, well, we're not just doing a standard superhero movie. We want it to be like a superhero version of this. Yeah. And they blend influences very well when they're allowed to. Yeah. I and I thought this movie um I don't, it, what I also like, it was that this is before they all started kind of feeling like the same movie. Mm-hmm. This was right at the brink because then every movie after this felt like Winter Soldier mm-hmm. for a minute. Yeah. For a minute, everything was Winter Soldier. The, I just thought the action was super clear. The way that it was shot was super interesting. Um, the, and like, this is also at the point before we know it's Hydra. Right. And, what the one thing that I would say negative about this movie is it was, it was like Captain America and everybody else is a bad guy. Yeah. And it was kind of like, okay, <laughs> you know, uh, I will say this movie did a really good job again of letting black widow be her own character. 
Yes. Um, and giving her as much stake in everything as all the other characters did. Yeah. Um, I did love the twist at the end where you find out that Hydra had actually been shield for decades. Yes. And the, the shot again, spoiler alert, uh, the shot of Robert Redford after he'd been killed, his last words as he's staring up in the air is hail Hydra. And then he dies like that was, it was just a cool little moment. It was cool. I will say though, this is the time. So we, we had agents of shield. We had all this other malarkey going on. Mm -hmm. And this is when I started to get irritated. Right. And that's actually going to be very much talking about the next Marvel movie as exactly. well. Exactly. Because, well, because it ruined S.H.I.E.L.D. for people. Yeah. And there's people who love that show. Yeah. We are not those people. Yeah. I would never got into Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Tried. We yeah. tried season after season. I also didn't like how it retconned Phil Coulson's death. No. No. I didn't like that. Yeah. Um, how, what, but, all right, so talking about Winter Soldier, what, how, what would you give this movie? Winter Soldier, in and of itself, not if it was the last movie mm -hmm. in the timeline, yeah. I would give it three and a quarter. I mean, I, sorry, three and three quarters. 3.75. Yeah, I'll give it three and three quarters as well. Um, there's an Agent Coulson drink. What is the Agent Coulson drink? Uh, so triple sec, so that's an orangey flavor. Vodka, gin, Cointreau, white rum, and you top it off with some lemonade. I would be all over that. I really want to try that one. So that's the Agent Coulson. Yeah, we just didn't stop by a liquor store today. Otherwise, that would have yeah. probably been the one we would have made. The note for this one says, appears tame, will surprise you. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that great? Yeah. Um, but I I like Winter, Winter Soldier in and of itself. Yeah. Yes. Okay, so the next one, like we said, this was around the time where we started getting really marveled out. And I saw previews for this one, and I was not down with it at all. Uh, because I felt like, kind of like you did at the end of Infinity War, that you felt I felt like we were being manipulated into going to see this movie because it's a Marvel movie and that's all. Right. We went and saw this movie on a whim, and I am so glad we did. Guardians of the Galaxy, the first one. We had to be forced. Yeah, and we... Had to be forced. We were both like, I do not want to see this movie. Seth Yonka suggested us to go. Mm -hmm. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. We were like, no. We we were marveled out and this looked like a dumb movie. And we were wrong. Yeah. Um, yeah, this one, I think the, t the tone of this movie is perfect. Yeah. Uh, I think that James Gunn and Nicole Perlman really set themselves up for success in this movie. Yeah. I thought that this is the movie where all the cast members have the best chemistry. Or at least all the Guardians have the best chemistry in this movie. Um, I have to disagree. The reason being is it's a, dim if it's, it's a different chemistry. Fair enough. Um, I also think that there are moments in this movie where like, it gets really heavy. Again, spoiler alert, when Groot dies at the end, uh, I was heartbroken. Yeah. And then how, but, and then the places where they bring in the humor to break the tension and to just completely interrupt the tension actually works really well in this movie. Well, what's so incredible about the first Guardians alone, it kind of rewrote the rules. Yeah. Because at this point, everything had been life or death, life or death, life or death, life or death. And again, we have the first Iron Man and we've got, you know, Nolan's uh, Batman series. You know, it really set the tone that we can make these really dark and scary. Because mm -hmm. if you think of like the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. They're still pretty comic booky. Pretty comic booky. Yeah. Guardians brought us back to like this lightheartedness, but it also kind of rewrote 
not rewrote, but it reintroduced a rule of the soundtrack. Yeah. As opposed to just the score. Yeah. This, that, I, I like the score in this movie, but the soundtrack is killer. Yeah. It made it a sing along. Mm-hmm. And they made, and the, the idea of the anti heroes. This movie can also be thanked for why Suicide Squad was so bad. Yeah. Um, which is a shame because if Suicide, I have a feeling if Suicide Squad had stuck to their original guns, we probably would have all been mortified how scary it was. Yeah. Or maybe I'm just wishing. I We may be projecting on that, but I'm saying that to agree with you. Right. Yeah. Um, I would give this first Guardians um, a four. I'd give it a solid four, four and a quarter. Yes. And I think you should drink something sparkly and fun mm-hmm. with this movie. Um, uh, and I think that's the thing is it's just... I don't, it was, it was fun. Mm -hmm. And, uh, the action in it is great. Watching them deal with each other as all bad guys Mm -hmm. was great. Yeah. And the, I mean, and it plays some fairly standard beats. Like, you know, like they all come together from different places and then they work together. Then they split up really dramatically and then they realize that they need each other and come back together again. Like that's a pretty standard, like hero's journey. I know that's not the hero's journey. But, right. but that's but a pretty it, standard hero's journey that a lot of movies take, and this one just does it very well. It does it well. It doesn't feel forced. Right, and it was definitely the refreshing bit that Marvel needed, because, you know, you think of Captain America, and Cap is always like, we can do it, we're all good friends, mm-hmm. and Guardians was like, yeah, 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 roll your eyes. Um, to me, Rocket is also just been like... like yeah. The, the fact, I think it was Oreo the raccoon that they modeled him after, which Oreo passed away like last year. Uh, but but apparently Oreo was treated very well for his entire life. I'm so glad. Uh, but between Oreo, Sean Gunn, who is the, uh, he's James Gunn's brother, and he was the onstage green suit stand-in for Rocket, and Bradley Cooper's performance, that doesn't sound like Bradley Cooper at all. At all. Yeah. Uh, I... I mean, I'm pretty sure he's doing a Ray Liotta and Goodfellas impression, which I'm totally fine with. (laughs) Um, But, I mean, it just introduced these characters that were really lovable where they shouldn't have been. Mm -hmm. Um, The first Guardians, I openly watch, like, with no problem. So I give it a four and a half. All right, yeah. No, I think you're right. Four and a half. Because that one is probably the one that we revisit the most if we're going to revisit a Marvel movie. Exactly. Um, yeah, and also the first time when Rocket has him get that guy, that prisoner's leg. I can't handle. I know, it's so funny. And the fact that he's like laughing as they're like flying off. He's, he's like, like, I can't believe you got it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, no, I just wanted to see if you would. <laughs> I love it. All right. Um, the next one is probably also my least favorite. Avengers Age of Ultron. I do not like this movie. No. I've tried. And Vision is so cool. But that's the thing. What stops me from saying, like, you know, I hate this movie is that there are some really good moments in there. Yeah. Now, a lot of it, I think, was forced upon by the studio that they had to, like, keep setting up these other movies. So they introduced plot threads that never pan out anywhere. Well, and you had the introduction of the witch, Mm -hmm. of the Red Witch. Scarlet Witch. Scarlet Witch. Yeah. Red Witch. Oh, gosh. Game of Thrones, y'all. Yeah. Um... The Scarlet Witch, and um, she, I, and then her brother, who's who's also Kickass, mm-hmm. um, literally the movie Kickass, literal, which love mm-hmm. was one of my favorite movies, yeah. and that movie came out um, right after I started doing stunts, so mm-hmm. obs- I became my obsession for a little while. Yeah, um, but like you said, it was all to set up the Scarlet Witch, 
but then you had all these losses and then you had like that whole island lift off. There was just yeah. so much that happened in this. And Hawkeye, um, it just makes me think of that Hawkeye parody song. Yeah. And that's all this movie was. It was like making looking like baby Hawk. I like, if you remember that song? Yeah. The Ed Sheeran. Parody. Yeah. Yeah. That's all this movie was. Yeah. I, you know, and I had mentioned something earlier in the episode where I was like, Oh, we'll talk about that when we get the age of Ultron. And I can't remember what it was that I said, that I said Well, in general, I think it's like when we started disliking yeah. Marvel movies and how it kind of all, it all became about all these movies had to come to the Avengers. Yeah. Um, there are now. I will talk about some moments that I liked in this. Go for it. Uh, James Spader as Ultron was great because I mean James Spader's always kind of been a very underrated actor anyway. Right. Uh, and I've been a fan of his since I saw Stargate as a kid. Oh, funny. Um, but he as Ultron was great, and there were moments where like it was because Ultron was basically he was a new creation to the world. Uh, and like there are moments where he's trying to figure things out and he's like talking to himself. He's like, no, 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 that's not it. That's not it. And then he goes and does this horrible act of violence. Yeah. Um, I thought he was great in it. The, the encounter between vision and Ultron at the end of the movie is great. Uh, I love the line where right before vision kills the last Ultron and he's just like, but what do I know? I was just born yesterday. Like that's, that's a really good moment. Yeah. Um, you know it, and this does set up like, again, I think I dislike this one a little less retroactively because of the way that the other movies have panned out. But I just don't like this movie and I don't really see myself revisiting it. It's going two and three quarters for me. I was going to give it a two and a half. The reason I also give it so low is I literally, I remember walking out of the theater being like, that was bad. Yeah, you That was bad. You saw this one without me, and then you're like, no, I'll go see it again. And then afterwards, you're like, oh, yeah, I hated it the first time. I was like, why didn't you just tell me? I would have gone and seen it by myself. Why did I see it without you? You were, it was before. Was I here? Yeah. It was before we had moved out here, and you were working out here. Okay. All right. Um, let's move on. Unless, do you have anything else you want to say about Age of Ultron? Nope. All right. The next one is Ant-Man. I did not, I have still, to this day, not seen Ant-Man. All right, Ant-Man's actually pretty good. Hit um, It's a heist movie and a superhero movie. Yes. Um, it, it does have some, uh, it does have some, like, connections to the larger Avengers world, but it's not all about that. Yeah. It's a pretty self-contained story. Uh, Paul Rudd is great in it. Of course, you've seen Paul Rudd in the other movies as well. Um, right. But, uh... It's it's really good. It has it has some really unique moments in there. It has some really funny moments. Like there's one moment in particular that's just about Guardians One good, uh, and um, the supporting the side characters in it are so good. Uh, yeah, this one I actually would probably give a solid three and a half. What? So right now you said so good, so good, so good. Mm -hmm. I mean, what I do know about Ant Man is he's a thief. Yeah, he's a He's a bad dude made into a hero. Um, and I think that's something that we have to kind of love kind of what M Marvel has done is taking misfits mm -hmm. and giving them a, so, a, a grander purpose. Yeah, so here's kind of the story behind Ant-Man in this movie. Because in the comics, there are two different Ant-Men. Uh, Hank Pym, who is played by Michael Douglas. Right. And uh, Scott Lang, which is Paul Rudd. Right. Now, Hank Pym in the co in the comics is fairly controversial because, like, there's one point where he, like, kind of loses control over himself and basically beats his wife. Ooh. Yeah, so I think that's specifically why they chose Scott Lang. Um, 
and he's a thief. He's trying to go straight to do better for his daughter. You know, he's divorced from his wife and everything, trying to be with his kid. And he kind of gets pulled back into thieving and ends up getting in with Hank Pym because he steals the suit. Right. Uh, and Hank Pym's like, I'll teach you how to do this. We need to do some, we need to do something really important. And Scott Lang's like, you know, okay, well, you know, I'm putting all my, all my stealing days behind me. I'm not going to do that stuff anymore. I'm ready to be good. What are we doing? He's like, you need to put on the suit and steal something. Right. And he's like, crap. Yeah. So, so it does have a lot of nuance and subtlety. I think the only reason it doesn't rate higher for me is that like, I enjoy it when I watch it, but I don't remember as much afterwards. Totally fair. Um, I think it's Michael Pena is one of the side characters in this movie and he gives the best catch-ups of everything. Like he's one of his thief buddies. He's like, all right, so I heard this from my sister who was cleaning the house of this one guy who heard it from this guy. (laughs) It's such a hood thing. I love it. Yeah, it's it's good. So you need to see that one with me sometime. I, I, it, it's still on my list. I just haven't seen it because I'm busy. Yeah. Um, there's an Ant-Man drink what is that? that you make in a shot glass, everyone. So I'm going to tell you these things. And just please note, it's in a shot glass. Third, Jack Fire. Third, uh, third Dark Rum. Third, Everclear. And you garnish it with an ant made out of grapes and t- grapes and a toothpick. Well, all right. Woof. That's that's a lot. Woof. Packs a little punch. Yeah. Oh, just a little. Yeah. Next. Uh, Captain America Civil War, which was <sighs> basically the Avengers two and a half. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I really liked this one. I did not. Mm-hmm. Why did you not? Um, this is also, again, this is when my Marvel fatigue was at its high. <laughs> mm-hmm. And we they started making, this is when they started making Thor comedic. Uh-huh. And I was like, really? Um, and in this movie, all of the sudden, it felt like to me that Stark and Cap were besties mm-hmm. out of not nowhere, Obviously, because they had, you know, 2012, they had all these things go down, but I didn't associate them as best friends. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden they were in order to make civil war. Yeah. And I, and then I went into it being like, this is a Captain America movie. Awesome. In my brain, whenever you say civil war, I see Avengers civil war. Mm-hmm. I never, ever in my brain see Captain America. Right. And that really bummed me out. I, I can see that. Yeah, that. And that is one criticism I had about this movie is that it did feel like it was an Avengers movie, but they didn't want to, they just didn't want to call it an Avengers movie, which I felt they should have just let it be what it was. Yeah. And I really missed Hawkeye in this movie. Yeah. Um, but this, this one did have some really good moments. It had some really great fights in it. Um, it introduced us to Black Panther, which, you know, I remember we both left the theater thinking how great Chadwick Boseman was as Black Panther. Completely agreed, especially the way that, that, you know, that horrifying event happens and sees Mm -hmm. his father die and whatnot. Yeah. But also it set him up kind of as a, as a bad dude. Yeah. And so when we saw Black Panther, I was really not on board. Mm -hmm. Not in a bad way, but like a, oh, wait, Oh, wait. Yeah. I thought he was a villain. Yeah. And, um, and it, so to me, the, the, the road to make him an Avenger has not been smooth and I don't buy it. Oh, uh-huh. I do now because I have no choice. Yeah. No choice. Um, I can see that. Well, let's move on from this. What would you rate civil war? 
Um, I would give it two and a quarter. All right. I would give this one a solid three and a quarter. Three, yeah, three and a quarter. Um, okay, next one is probably one of the most unique ones in the Marvel uh, oeuvre. <laughs> Did I say that remotely right? No, but uh, moving on. <laughs> anyway, I'm, I'm. you know what? I'm going to own it. <laughs> uh, Doctor Strange. Yeah. I, we were late to the party on Doctor we Strange. We saw this on, on ne- our Yeah, we TV. saw it on Netflix. Yeah. yeah. And even not seeing it in the big screen... I really liked this movie. It was really interesting. It was really fun. And all, what I liked is we went back to, it was a Doctor Strange movie. Mm-hmm. It's a Doctor Strange movie. Yeah. It was his own little universe. Yeah. Which was great. And I thought um, Benedict Cumberbatch was really great. I thought Benedict Wong was really great. Mm-hmm. Um, can you please share with our viewer, our listeners, viewers, our listeners um, about what you learned about the Tilda Swinton information. All right, yeah. Because it was all this... So if you don't remember, there's a lot of black backlash because this is supposed to be an old Asian man. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah. The ancient one in the comics was supposed to be an old ancient man. uh, An old Asian man. Now, Scott Derrickson did... He directed and co-wrote this movie. Uh, and Scott Derrickson is a fantastic filmmaker. Uh, our, my favorite movie he's done is Sinister. He also did the Keanu Reeves, The Day the Earth Stood Still, which I honestly think is better than most people give it credit for. Yeah. Um, you know, and those are the main two that most people would know him by, uh, besides Doctor Strange. Yeah. But he is a very, like, socially conscious human being. Um and they were putting it together, and they were they were like, well, we don't want to give the mystical Asian Fu Manchu stereotype to the Asian right. one. They're like, but we don't want to just cast a white dude in it. And they, Can you imagine? Yeah. So, and at first, they were like, well, what if we just cast it as a woman? No, that's going to play into either the old dragon lady stereotype or like an Asian fetish stereotype. Oh, yeah. Um, so eventually, they're like, well, let's cast a woman. And they cast Tilda Swinton because she has a history of playing very like androgynous characters. Yes. Um, and then that created a backlash. And Scott Derrickson himself went on Twitter, I believe, and explained all of that. And he, and he basically ended it by saying, you are mad. You are right to be mad. I chose the lesser of two evils, and that's still an evil. Continue to be mad, and maybe we won't run into this in the future. Which I thought was just such an interesting take for the film for a filmmaker to take on something that he did. Like he knew that wasn't a decision that should have been made like that. Yeah. But he was like, I weighed out all my options, and I could either, uh, I could either stereotype an entire race of people, or I could, or I could put this white woman in here and, and take the heat for that. Let's keep working until this isn't the case anymore. Yeah, I agree, and I. I saw everyone's feelings on that, and I by no means could, you know, as a white woman, I can't really be like, oh, yeah, totally. Um, But I'm really glad to hear why they said that and where it came from. And anybody who tries to do their best with what they're given, and I really loved hearing those reasons. Yeah. Um, And you don't have to agree with them. No. No. No, and like you said, be mad about that. Let's keep working until that's not a thing that we have to do. Agreed. Um, As far as drink of um, Doctor Strange, so I've been looking some up, and some of them are really complicated. Yeah. But this one sounds really interesting. Again, this sounds like you should be 
uh, 19 years old with your fake ID. But this is a um, a glass that's rimmed with black sanding sugar. So the look of it is really ethereal and cool mm-hmm. with the black sanding sugar like around the rim. Um, and it's uh, melon liqueur, um, also known as Midori. Uh, coconut rum, triple sec, pineapple juice, and simple syrup. So sweet and tangy, just like the tropics. Oh yeah, <laughs> that which does not describe Doctor Strange at all. No, but the cool, look at it. Oh yeah, I it's can see really Doctor Strangey. Yeah. Um, I would give this movie like three point seven five. I'd give it three and three quarters as well. And I love Benedict Cumberbatch in, as Doctor. Strange. I think yeah, and I think he's the right choice. He was a terrible Grinch. Great Doctor Strange. Yes. <laughs> all right, next. Uh, not looking forward to your feelings on this one. Guardians 2. Yeah. I hate this movie. I gave it a two. I gave it a two. Gotcha. Um, do you want to give just a quick explanation of why? Yeah. So we're talking about these movies and I obviously have, I have an overall love for Marvel movies, right? I mean, I started, I'm, you know, I've been giving fours mm-hmm. all day long. But when I think of the first Guardians, it kind of rewrote rules, mm-hmm. right? But Guardians 2, I felt like rested on its laurels. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, and I just, it, it took for granted all the hard work that they had. And then they went into this love thing with, you know, with Gamora mm-hmm. and, and um, Quill. Quill, Quill. Yeah. Quill. Um, and I just was like, really? Like, that's the choice that we're making? And that's kind of how, that's just what it, it felt like to me. Because at this point, I needed Guardians to kind of get me out of my, my Marvel rut. Mm-hmm. And this one went right back into it. Yeah, I think this one played it pretty safe in terms of like what you can expect from a Guardians movie. Yes. I didn't think the humor was as good as it was in the first one. It tried, it thought it was though. Yeah. Now I will say that opening scene where they're fighting the alien, you're following baby Groot. (laughs) I love while following baby Groot. Yeah. And I love the ending. Yeah. I like, but the middle was muddy. Yeah, the middle was muddy. Um, you, and you know me, I'll always be down for Kurt Russell in something. Oh. Um, but I, who isn't, I just thought that that was that the whole thing was a little underbaked uh, in terms of the story. I wouldn't go as low as you did on this one. Um, I would probably, I would probably go. I'll I'll give this one a solid three because I can watch it and be entertained by it. I don't think I would necessarily go back to it often, but I can see myself going back to it. Fair enough. Now the next one is one that you haven't seen. Okay. uh, Either which I've talked about ad nauseum on this pod on this podcast. Uh, Spider-Man oh. Homecoming. Yes, and I do need to see it. Mm-hmm. It's not because um, I didn't want to. Yeah. <laughs> no, Spider-Man Homecoming is actually is actually pretty good. Um, the soundtrack in it, for one thing, I really like. And this one, uh, I think, was done in response to the backlash of Marvel movies having the same soundtrack over and over again. Yeah. Michael Giacchino did the soundtrack of this one, which, as our listeners know... I'm a huge fan of. Yeah. Uh, but this one sounded very Indiana Jonesy, which I really like. Um, I also really love Tom Holland as Spider-Man. He's adorable, isn't he? Yeah. I love the kids that they surrounded him with. Uh, Ned, I can't remember his name. I think it's Jacob Batalon. Keep talking uh, about it. Yeah. And then uh, Zendaya as the new Mary Jane. Oh, they don't call her Mary Jane, but she's the new Mary Jane. 
Um, she's great in it. Um, Michael Keaton as the villain is great in this because he's not 100% wrong until he starts being really villainous, but like his thought process behind it isn't wrong. Um, totally. I mean, in ways you can argue that about Thanos. Exactly, too. And that's and that's kind of what they started what they started setting up, I think. I think Sp- Spider-Man Homecoming was definitely uh Spider-Man Homecoming was definitely setting track for what Thanos was going to be doing. Uh, my, but Michael Keaton was a great villain in this movie. The action sequences were good. John Favreau plays a pretty decent sized part in it, and uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s in it, and he's really good in it. Uh, it also shows Spider-Man screwing up, too, because he's just a kid, and he's not handling everything the way that he needs to. Uh, so it has a really great growth and character arc moment. Yeah. Uh, Zendaya's character's name is Michelle, mm-hmm. and Jacob Batalon. Batalon. I almost said it right. Yeah, yeah, you weren't like wrong. Yeah, I do what I do. <laughs> uh, awesome. So, I mean, I obviously can't rate it. Uh, I would rate this one. I'm gonna give this one like three and a quarter, four. Okay. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, it's really, it really is that good. That's exciting to me. Um, yeah. So the next one, ugh, not looking forward to your thoughts on this one either. Thor Ragnarok. I give it a two. I don't like this movie. Mm -hmm. It felt like Guardians. Hold on. I wrote myself a note. I said, um, I said, uh, oh, where did I put it? Oh, basically, um, Ragnarok was like Guardians Light, spelled L-Y-T-E. And I just felt like Ragnarok was, it just, although I do love, um, this you know like that being in there was the the first time in movie history that that song was in its entirety uh yeah they had used it in school of rock previously immigrant song by led zeppelin right but it wasn't in its entirety right no the immigrant song sequence in this movie at the very beginning of the movie it was great great um and i thought it was you know it's funny when they like allude to emperor's new groove and he's Mm -hmm. just spinning around but i didn't think this was Thor. It felt like Guardians that we've put Thor into, mm-hmm. and I didn't buy it. I didn't just love this movie. I actually want to re-watch it again sometime. Uh, I'm willing to re-watch it, especially now that we've kind of reached end of the line in the story that we know it as of now. Yeah. Um, and I would be willing to re-watch it. But I do give it a two. I, mm-hmm. I would be really re- willing to revisit Mainly so I can see if I'm wrong. Yeah. Um, there are parts of it that I like. Like we said, the opening sequence. Again, I think Chris Hemsworth is good. I just didn't love a lot of the choices they had Thor make. Yes. Um, I uh, I like Jeff Goldblum in it. Who doesn't? Yeah. Um, I agree. I, I like the sa- the score to it as well. That, I don't remember the score. Well, it, and it's not one that you necessarily just remember, but it fits the movie really well. It's totally. done by Mark Mothersbaugh, who was from mm-hmm. Devo. Love it. Yeah, and it really fit with like the whole neon aesthetic. I also think Taika Waititi is a really good director. Um, I agree. And like, you know, uh, like you know, What We Do in the Shadows, uh, Fly to the Concords. He's a really funny guy. And like, I liked his voice uh, performance and I guess motion capture as, a cro- as Korg as well. Agreed. But it didn't feel like a Thor movie. It felt like a Taika Waititi movie. Mm-hmm. But I was like, this was the wrong movie to give him. Yeah. To me, that's what I felt. Again, I'd, I'd be willing to revisit it. I'm giving this one a three. 
just because I wasn't not entertained by it, but it's not one that I am like, I don't get hankering to rewatch it. This one felt like the equivalent of fart jokes to me. I can see that. It was fart joke the movie. And not that, and if you know me personally, I will laugh at a fart joke, but it was a long fart joke um, for a character that you've heard me say it already. That was Shakespeare the movie. Mm-hmm. It was a bold choice, and then it was so detached from that choice for no reason. Yeah, um, I think I think they did that because they were trying to course correct from the Dark World, which really, what if I were if I were King of the Universe Obviously. or at least Marvel, uh, I would have just been like, okay, maybe we didn't make a great movie here. Let's try doing something slightly different again, but still keep it the same. It did feel kind of like pulling the rug from under you. Now I will yes. say. Kate Blanchett was awesome in this movie. Kate Blanchett's always awesome. Yeah, she's also always terrifying. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I love. I didn't like. I liked the story of this movie. I just thought the style was garbage. And I also, ugh, I'm gonna, ugh, you're gonna hate me. Here we go. Mm-hmm. I don't like the Valkyrie. All right. I don't like her. I don't like her. I don't like her character. I think she's just a drunk and there's no choice and there's no character and the backstory just felt thrown in there and I just don't buy it. Okay. I just don't buy it. I don't have those thoughts because I don't remember her as much. Um, All I know is I really like Tessa Thompson. I like Tessa Thompson. This is not me saying she's a bad person. Uh, I know. But it, it is so poorly written. She's not cool. She's not cool. And they didn't make her that strong. And it just felt phoned in. And that really bothers me. All right. Well, we are getting into the last stretch of these movies. (sighs) Here we go. Here we go. All right. Uh, Black Panther. Yeah. Yeah, I like this movie. I did too. Um, I felt it was two movies. I can see that. Um, It was two movies. It was, I, I took a mini nap. I did feel that they underused Andy Serkis in this movie. Oh, I completely agree. But they did make... I do think that they got the villain right with Michael B. Jordan. Yes. Um, and we're talking another villain who's obviously a villain, but comes from a place where it's like it's super understandable. Um, the, yes. Their performances in this movie were great. Uh, you know, Chadwick Boseman, Michael B. Jordan... Uh, Letitia Wright, I love her. Yes. Um, I, yes. I love Lapita Nyong'o. Um, Andy Serkis, of course, is good. I think he was underutilized. But uh, Angela Bassett and Winston Duke, I loved them. Oh, and uh, uh, God, Walking Dead. Um, Denai Guerrera. Yes. Denai Guerrera. How, I'm sorry for mispronouncing her name. And uh, Daniel Kaluuya as well. That's right. Kaluuya. Kaluuya, yeah. Um, they're all great in this movie. The soundtrack is fantastic. First Marvel movie to win an Oscar for best original score. Isn't that cool? Yeah, and I love Ludwig Gornson in general. He also did the music on Community, did the music on New Girl, uh, a lot of other TV shows, and he's been working with uh, Ryan Coogler basically since the start of Ryan Coogler's career. They just met playing pool at a college party one night and just kept working with each other. How which great. I, and I think it's so great. And I, I think the story is similar with Ryan Coogler and Michael B. Jordan. Uh, I think they were just friends uh, as well and just kept working on these films together. So I love that Ryan Coogler kept bringing his collaborators back with him. That's cool. Yeah. Um, I just felt the movie wasn't, wasn't that focused. 
Um, mm-hmm. It was trying, and what the reason? I think it should have been two movies. We saw Black Panther one and two already, in my opinion, mm-hmm. um, because they desperately needed to get to the Avengers. Yeah, they needed to get to the to Endgame, and I think that sucks because I think Black Panther suffered because of it uh-huh. not to say that i didn't freaking love it i'm gonna stand before you and give it a four are you still game for it being nominated for best picture <sighs> yes more from uh, from that reaction is it more from a cultural standpoint yes all right because it's not very well written mm-hmm. um i know i suck but i i just it it, it just was it was it was two movies and the fact that they made two movies a cohesive one movie mm-hmm. is great. But I think it cheapened because we had one entire villain for one three quarters part of the movie. Mm-hmm. So that when Michael B. Jordan became the villain, it lost steam. And it didn't make his plight, which was so valid, right? Mm-hmm. And it, to me, he should have been the main villain in this. Yeah, I, it should have been a Wakanda story. Period. It it definitely did suffer from what people always talk about with like the lesser Batman movies, how it's too overstuffed with villains. Um, I wish they would have saved Andy Andy Circus for a different movie. Agreed. I think again, this is two movies, mm-hmm. and they should have just left us in Wakanda and let us think that was freaking great, and then move on to bring it in, into the Avengers universe. Yeah. So I give it a four because it's a great movie. But I looked, I went and saw this when I was working in Canada and I looked at my friend who I went with and I said, oh my God, it's long. Mm-hmm. I looked, I, I said that out loud. Um, but I do have a Black Panther shot. What is that? This is Hennessy, a Lee's Gold, Black Vodka, and a sprinkle of gold luster dust. I don't know if I'd try it, but I like how- I would try that. Yeah. So anyway, um, yes. Yeah, I'd probably give Black Panther a four as well. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's culturally a watershed movie. And I think that the greater impact of the movie cannot be understated. A hundred, And that's, that's why I don't take away its Oscar. But I do have to state that it suffered because it was in the Marvel Universe. Yeah. If it was just its own movie. Correct. All right. Uh, we already did Infinity War. Yeah. Uh, so... We have technically two more movies, although this one we're going to skip past because Ant-Man and the Wasp have not seen. I know, both of us suck. Yeah, it's on Netflix, so we should watch it sometime soon. And we'll watch it and we'll do a flashback episode. Yeah, uh, possibly. We're pretty bad about doing the flashback episodes. I know, because um, we, y'all, sometimes we just got to watch a movie. Yeah. We're down here a lot for y'all. Mm-hmm. We, we, first we really of all, are. we really do love doing this. <laughs> yeah. But also, sometimes we just watch a movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, last one before we get to Endgame is uh, Captain Marvel. Which, which you can listen to right here in Date Night the Movies. Yeah, we won't go back on that one because we have an entire episode on it. But suffice it to say, we will be owning that one when it comes out. Loved it. Yeah, it was so good. Loved. Loved. Mm-hmm. Loved it. And also, because it didn't feel, of course, and post-credits notwithstanding, it, didn't, it felt like its own world. Right. And I liked that. Yeah, and I cannot wait to see another uh, Captain Marvel movie. Oh, me too. All right, well, I <sighs> I guess that's everything. We made it, we made it through. I know everybody touch your toes, do some jumping jacks, please move because we are going straight into this next episode. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> um, right, so uh, without further ado, maybe we should start talking Avengers and. <laughs>